Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to Conversations with My Higher Self. How are you? Today, I thought we're going to do a diagnostic. This is going to be a color diagnostic, and it is going to help you get to know yourself better at soul level, as well as we're going to talk a little bit about the sacred rays. Uh, not a topic we really discussed all that much on this podcast. But my intention is to provide yet another tool for you to be able to better understand who you are at soul level. And by the way, in this incarnation as well, better understand your path and purpose. And also above and beyond anything, I thought it was going to be fun. This is going to be a series like a, probably two, two total episodes, two podcast episodes, because I figured it would be too much to try to squeeze it into one. And yes, alrighty. So this is, um, let's, let's, let's dive into that diagnostic, but just before we get started, a couple of housekeeping items. If you're not following me on YouTube, there is a video recording of this available. The channel is, this is Maria, uh, Maria with a Y, M-A-R-I-Y-A. And then I'm also on Instagram and TikTok under This Is Maria Official. So come say hi. Yeah. Um, I also have a book out, 72 Keys to Manifestation or an Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a book on manifestation. It is a deep spiritual book. It is channeled work. So if you feel cold to check it out, it is available on Amazon. There are multiple formats. You know, you have paperback, you have hardcover, um, you have an ebook, and there is an audiobook that's coming out shortly on Audible. So have a lot of exciting things coming right up. On that note, why don't we dive into the diagnostic? But before I tell you all about kind of like the color theory, and before we start diving into exactly how you understand what colors run through your body. Let me just give you a general overview of this methodology. Now, this is not something that you may be familiar with. Now, there are, shall we say, modalities. Uh, you can call them divination modalities. You can just call them esoteric modalities, healing modalities, etc. There are a lot of them out there. Um, some of them more prominent than others. A lot of you are going to be familiar with things like tarot cards and the runes and astrology and even numerology and human design. And there are so many ways that we could go about trying to understand ourselves at solo as well as our path that we came here on. Um, this that I'm going to offer to you today is probably a lesser known Thing because it does require an ability to use some spiritual tools and ability for introspection. However, I find that it could be just as enlightening, just as deep in terms of helping you to understand yourself as some of the other more widespread modalities are. So here's the gist of it. The universe, really, you know, there are many ways to perceive the universe, right? There are many ways to dissect the universe and divide it into different parts. One way of doing that has been through numerology, right? So we could divide all of creation into a certain uh, number of numerical frequencies, right? And within each of the numerical frequencies, you're going to have a lot of continuity and you're going to have a lot of homogeneity, meaning a lot of consistency is what I'm saying. That is why we're able to have a science like numerology or a field of study. Can I go quite as far as calling it a science, right? But but it is a field of study. And, you know, the reason life paths work 
is because the entirety of creation literally could be divided into a very finite number of numerical frequencies or could be reduced to that numerical frequency. In the same way that numerology works because this universe is a very mathematically based system, there are other modalities and other mediums you can use to try to understand yourself. One of them is the color theory. And really, the premise behind the color theory is that there is a certain wavelength associated with all of the colors in the rainbow. And of course, the rainbow is just, shall we say, a very rudimentary way of thinking about the spectrum of colors, but it is a good place to start. And essentially, every color has a wavelength. Some are shorter, some are longer, right? And of course, we perceive them as, as human beings, we perceive them differently, um, depending on the length of that wave. In the same way that you could divide the entirety of existence into a number of numerical frequencies, you could divide the entirety of existence into a number of sound waves. You could also divide the entirety of existence into a number or a spectrum of color waves. Each color wave is going to carry within itself a particular vibration and a particular imprint or blueprint, shall we say. And as such, it could be extremely descriptive of a particular energy or a set of energies, right? And therefore, the color theory works. And in this particular case, there are, now, there are many ways to apply, apply the color theory. But in this particular um, instance, it could give you a glimpse into source consciousness and how source consciousness thinks, feels, and plans. So if you have watched any of my content around the sacred flames, you would know and you would be very familiar with the fact that I like to use the analogy of the crayon box. So when source consciousness started creating this universe, it chose to use, you can think of it like multiple colors essentially for creation. Um, and it's almost as if the source consciousness had a wealth of colors or like a large crayon box filled with every color imaginable. And each of these colors were a tool of creation. Now, collectively, all of these colors combined would give you light or the color white, if you will, right? In the same way that if you take a prism and put light coming from the sun through the prism on the other side, you're going to get um, the entirety of the spectrum of the rainbow, right? So essentially, you can collapse the entirety of the spectrum of the rainbow, rainbow through the prism into just white light. So the white light is the presence of all colors. Source, consciousness, could be perceived as the presence of all colors, right? That being said, that being said, as we um, as souls go about our evolutionary journeys, we study different aspects of existence. We don't always start from the same place and we don't always all finish in the same place either, right? So each soul has a very, very unique journey. And so you could think of source consciousness, this great mastermind behind all of creation as a teacher of sorts or a designer of experiences and designer of systems that souls can use for their personal evolution. And within the system, if we're using the framework of the colors and the theory of colors, there are tracks. So every soul can select a color track to go and use for personal evolution. So as a young soul, and I use the word young very sparingly because this is not necessarily an episode for us to get into young and old souls. And by the way, I don't really love that 
construct because it is very third dimensional. But, but let's just say as like a newly minted soul, you have a choice, you know, which track do you choose? Do you pursue the red track of learning? Do you pursue the blue track of learning, the green track of learning, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you're going to have to start somewhere at soul level. I guess the reason I'm telling you all this is that none of this is random. So there is the method to the madness of, of, of this diagnostic that I'm going to be walking you through today. And if I were to like shorten and condense the entirety of experiences of your higher self into a couple of sentences, I would say that your soul has been on color journeys more than one, right? Usually you would pick a track, again, could be any color of the rainbow or an in-between color. It doesn't even have to be, you know, one of the colors that you see in the rainbow because there are also varieties. Like you could, like you could have lower dimensional tracks and more higher dimensional tracks. Like for instance, a gold would be a higher dimensional version of the yellow, if that makes sense. As, um, and, and there are other examples. But, but, essentially your soul has been on a merry-go-round of practicing the different colors. And when you descend into an incarnation, that's where we're going to start to bring this home for you guys. You usually do not show up as the entirety of the rainbow, with some exceptions. Usually your higher self is going to take a look at, at the entirety of its experiences. And then it's going to look into essentially what it wants to accomplish for this particular incarnation, for this particular life. And then your higher self is going to make a decision of what part of it is going to go into a body. And as such, right, you as an incarnated human, you don't contain 100% of the energy of your higher self inside of you at any point in time. You contain a sliver, a portion of the energies of your higher self. And those energies are not random because they were created or selected, should I say, very deliberately by your higher self based on the mission that you have in this life. As such, as such, if we were only to understand what colors of the color spectrum you contain within your, your body, within this incarnation, we would be able to understand why you are the way that you are and get a glimpse into what is your mission here on earth because nothing is random. Everything is always a means to an end because all these color tracks have usually very particular missions. They also have very particular challenges and very particular blessings. And it's, you know, my intention here today just to give you a brief overview. Now, again, colors, rays, and sacred flames is an extremely rich territory. I could literally teach it for the next 100 years and not run out of things to say. Of course, we don't have the next 100 years, you know, <laughs> to, to spare, uh, randomly on just this one aspect of reality. And so we're going to have to go uh, to do a crash course. So net net, this is what you need to know. Right now, as an incarnated human, you have anywhere between from one to eight core colors that really make up who you are. One through eight. The average is between two and three colors. So on average, an incarnated human on planet Earth is going to have two to three colors in their auric field. And when I say auric field, a part of me like cringes inside because I'm like, okay, well, this is really the wrong way of going about explaining it. However, that gets my point across the quickest. So I'll call it auric field, although this is not strictly correct. But these colors are not random. These colors represent 
your blessings, your challenges, your baggage, if you will, potentially your karma, your lessons, and then the entirety of who you are that you brought with yourself into this incarnation. So net-net is the colors that you carry within your body, the colors that make up who you are, are going to be dead giveaways for experiences that you're going to have in this life and, you know, things you're going to be faced with, things you're going to have challenges with. So it is a really, really good proxy to use if you're trying to understand yourself better. Okay, what are the eight colors, right? Let's start there. And then, of course, obviously, I'm going to have to dive deeper into each of the eight colors. And then we're going to leave some colors. Probably we'll do four today, and then we'll do another four in the next episode, um, a follow-on episode to this one. I've actually considered how many colors I want to give you. And there are obviously unique colors on planet Earth. You see colors like turquoise. You see colors like magenta. You even see colors that are... Oh my God, like maroon with like silver sparkles. Like there are, there is varieties is, is, is what I'm saying essentially. However, most people would fall within, you know, the traditional spectrum of the rainbow plus some added colors. There's also white and then there's also pink that you could be carrying in your own field, in your own color field. If, if you will. I actually like the word color field better than the auric field because the auric field will start getting into danger zone and also auric fields are, I guess the reason I dislike the auric field for this explanation is because your auric field is very much dependent on things like your mood, things like are you sick or are you feeling really good today in a particular day. So your auric field is something that shifts all the time, whereas what I'm referring to is your color imprint. Your color imprint is not something that changes throughout your life, as in you're born with it and you're going to most likely die with it, no matter how much you grow in the in-between space between your, you know, your birth and death, right? So th these are the cards that you're dealt energetically. These are the cards that you have to play with. And, and, and that's that, right? As opposed to an auric field is, is a more of a dynamic structure that really does shift over, over your lifetime, and it does get impacted by a lot of things. Whereas your color imprint is something that you just get from, from your higher self. Your higher self decides upon it before you incarnate, and you know it would never take the stream away. If you've gotten, if, if you have been given, given a particular color, you're going to maintain that for the entirety of your life. All right. Why did I say two to three colors on average? Most people, most humans do not really require more than one for a particular incarnation. Relatively speaking, human incarnations are considered quite short, all things considered. So, you know, give it, I don't know, 70, 80 years. If you live up to 100, it's considered a Christmas miracle. You know, it's not a very long life. And as such, you don't really require all that many tools. So from the, from the perspective of your higher self, pretty much almost everything outside of maybe some master incarnations, everything would be considered pretty straightforward. As such, your higher self doesn't feel like they need to give you everything in the kitchen sink inside of your color imprint, right? So they are limiting you. And by limiting, they're really focusing you on the things that you're really meant to be doing with your life. So it is a really, really good tool. If you were to understand what frequencies, what color frequencies flow within you and belong to your body, it would be a lot easier for you to focus on the things that really matter and ruthlessly cut out all the rest. So 
Again, this is meant as a tool for you. This is meant to focus you. And think of it as also as your resource, right? So what, what were the gifts that your higher self send you here with? That's another way of thinking about it. What are the eight primary colors that I chose for this? And again, I'll be the first one to admit, there are probably 30 colors that we could have discussed. I just find that the more complex things get, and especially if I've tried to factor every single outlier under the sun, this information becomes so complex for an everyday human that it becomes completely useless. And so I wanted to simplify this for you as much as I could. So at least you can follow along and do the diagnostic with me instead of just, you know, this going over your head. So what are the eight colors? The seven main colors of the chakras, essentially, that would be a good way of thinking about it. So red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet, and white. And we're also going to be discussing pink. These are the eight that I'm going to be talking you through most most of humanity and, and most of the color imprints that humanity carries within itself is, con like, is contained within the eight colors. So it's about the 90, 90%, 90% is, um, is going to be within this color spectrum. There is about another 10% of the energies that are flowing and floating inside of your bodies that are not part of these eight colors. What does this usually mean? This means that that's where, you know, for the 10% for the of you that are going to have a very unique, interesting colors inside of you, that means that you are probably here either from a very interesting, either with a very interesting mission, or you could be a little bit uh, of, you know, of a more evolved soul. You could be soul with a very different set of experiences as well, right? Maybe you've incarnated in um, very remote worlds and as, as such, you got to practice certain things that, you know, local souls don't practice quite as much, right? Either way, you know, if you have a unique stream of energy, a unique color stream, you can always just intuitively understand and try to understand what that means, right? But we're not, I can't physically go over every single color under the sun and every single hue or shade of that color, if that makes sense. Alrighty, how are we going to do the diagnostic? Easier, right? For those of you that do meditate and, you know, have your third eye open, the diagnostic is actually very, very easy. So here's what you would do. You would literally close your eyes for a quick moment. Hopefully you're not driving right now. I do not recommend that if you need to stay alert, obviously, right? So like make sure that you are not distracted. You're able to be in your zone for a couple of moments. I want you to close your eyes. And just imagine, with your eyes closed, imagine yourself seated under a stream of light, a white light. So there's like a stream of white light that's falling above your head. But I want you to like almost imagine, like take an observer position, right? It's almost like if you're sitting in a lotus pose, right? But you're observing yourself seating in a lotus pose, if that makes sense, right? So imagine that you're seated in a lotus pose and you're watching yourself do that. And then there is the stream of white light that hits your head. And then as it passes through your crown chakra, it starts be becoming split. So the white light from the top is going to become split into a few very easy to see streams. streams. By the way, it could be one stream, it could be two, it could be three, it could be up to eight streams. Now, eight streams extremely rare. 
anything above like four streams is extremely rare for planet Earth because that is a lot. You know, it's just a lot of energy to carry uh, with yourself. So most of you are just going to have one, two, or three streams is, is the ultimate truth of this, right? So the white light at the top of your head gets split into a few different streams. What colors are those streams? Just pay attention to what colors you're seeing. Whatever colors you're seeing, the first colors are always the right colors of the ones that I mentioned. Again, just as a reminder, the colors you could be seeing are red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet or purple, white or pink. These are the colors that most humanity would, would witness and experience. If you are not able to see, then I want you to imagine that in front of you, you have empty vessels, like almost like it could be empty glasses, right? They're transparent. And I want you to imagine that the stream of white light is filling up those glasses with colors. And it can fill up as many colors as it feels, as, as feels good. And what are the colors that you're seeing in front of you? And again, the colors that you carry within your body are going to be revealed to you in this way. All right, just pay attention and remember, memorize what those colors are. If you cannot even, you know, if this doesn't work either, I'll give you a third one and then we're going to get out of this diagnostic and I'll give you an even easier way to figure it out. The third way to see is imagine that your entire body is a vessel of filled with colors. It could be like almost like a bottle, you know, like a wine bottle or something, empty wine bottle, um, filled with colors, uh, anywhere from one through eight colors, right? What are you seeing? What is, like, if, if your body was filled with colors, what colors is it made of? And you should be able to see exactly what colors. And again, please just trust what you're seeing because this is, you know, it's a pretty straightforward diagnostic. The chances are that you're seeing something that you're not meant to be seeing are close to zero. If you are worried that you, you just don't trust your inner vision or you're worried that you, your third eye just doesn't show you what you're meant to see, that is completely fine. You can use a very simple pendulum for this exercise as well. Simply uh, take out a piece of paper. And if you guys, I mean, I hope you, um, you know how to work with pendulums, but if not, you would need to buy yourself a pendulum in a crystal shop. Um, it doesn't really matter if it's a metal pendulum, they have one with crystals. And you would write the eight colors you would write the eight colors on a page, on a piece of paper. And then you would ask the pendulum to show you what colors form your color blueprint or color imprint. And then the pendulum is going to be able to show you which one. So usually the pendulum starts, you know, rotating and, and, and you know, in a way or kind of like just um, moving in a way that points you to the colors that you have. Um, I hope this makes sense. Um, I know it's kind of didn't really expect to go too much into the pendulum um, stuff, but it seems like some of you have never worked with pendulums. So that's why I have to go just a little bit deeper. Um, another way to work with a pendulum, right? So if you have a piece of paper with like eight colors written up, like the red, the orange, the yellow, et cetera, um, you can always just ask the pendulum yes or no questions. You would hover your pendulum over the red and you would be like, hi, pendulum, does my body contain the imprint of color red? And the pendulum is going to tell you yes or no. Usually yes, at least how I set up my pendulums is 
yes is a clockwise movement and no is a counterclockwise movement. But um, you can also set up your pendulum, um, you know, it can move, you know, to the left and to the right, for instance, as if, if it's a no and like to the front and to the back, um, if it's a yes, for instance, like there are many ways to set up your pendulum. Alrighty, so that would be probably the if, if you don't trust your third eye, this would be the easiest way for you to know what colors are inside of your body. Now, once you do know, that's where the fun begins. That's when I can start giving you the, the explanation of what are the colors that are inside of you, what do they mean? Alrighty, let me actually stop here for a quick second and get any questions from the collective around the diagnostic because I find that there's, you know, maybe you guys are not 1 billion percent sure that you got the diagnostic right. So let me just see whatever questions the collective has around this procedure of the diagnostic itself. I'm ready to receive the question as long as it serves the collective. The question is, uh, I'm seeing something with my third eye, but I cannot quite make up the shade because it's somewhere between red and pink, but maybe it's also orange. So how do I know for sure? Okay, great. Thank you for asking. If if the hue is neither here nor there, then actually recommend that you do use a pendulum to just double check what you have seen with your third eye. There is a level of subjectivity for colors, unfortunately. Some people are going to look at a particular color and be like, well, this is red. And other people are going to look at the same exact shade and they're going to be like, no, no, it's an orange, right? Uh, because there's like this in-between space. Usually, usually, by the way, just as a big, big, big fat rule of thumb, if you cannot tell the colors apart, you probably have both of them, just as a general rule without using the pendulum. If you're not quite sure if it's red or pink, listen up for both. You probably have both of these energies. So that's, step, that's just the first point that I wanted to make. The second point is you can always check in with your pendulum. Like if you're like, I'm not sure if it's red or pink, you know, you could, once you come out of the meditation, you can ask your pendulum, okay, pendulum, was what I was seeing pink? And then the pendulum is going to tell you yes or no. And was what I was seeing red? And then the pendulum is going to tell you yes or no. Hopefully that helps clarify. Um, did we have another question around the diagnostic itself from the collective? I'm ready to receive the question. The question is, how do I know that I have seen all the colors? Um, how do I know that there is not like another color that I'm just not able to see, how can I be sure? I would say, again, if you are doubting the visual aspect of it, it may be easier to use the pendulum, right? Yes or no, it's always easier. Like if there are just eight colors, really you just need to ask eight questions like yes or no. Do I have the red, yes or no? Do I have the orange, yes or no, et cetera, et cetera. Right? This may be easier because there are some peculiarities, unfortunately. There are some colors that may be more prevalent inside of you than others. It is possible. Usually though, if they are hiding from you and if you're not able to see them, there is a reason. That's, that probably means that maybe you didn't bring quite as much energy of that, that, like that vibration as you could have or as much of it as the other colors, right? So that is also that also tells you something, right? If yellow, for instance, and green are extremely, extremely bright and then your blue is like so faint that you can barely see it, that's a, that's a sign, right? Essentially, that is... Like what I'm trying to say is the diagnostic is never wrong. So if something is not extremely prominent during the diagnostic, it is not extremely prominent in your field. And 
that is already an answer in and of itself. Was there another question around the diagnostic? Somebody said, I think like I have all eight. Am I being crazy? No, you're not. Uh, about 2% of um, you who are going to listen to this podcast episode have eight colors. Essentially, you're going to have the entire spectrum of the rainbow. Now, this is um, another way to refer to this kind of energy is like a rainbow child. You know, guys, at one point, like the indigo children were like the, the next thing, and now it's like the rainbow children. The rainbow children usually come out with a planetary mission. So rainbow children, people that carry literally the vibration of the entire rainbow spectrum don't need to be here. So congratulations, you're extremely special. And no, you're not going crazy because it is entirely possible that you would have all eight. Just not very probable, not very common. Alrighty, my guys. Alrighty. Uh, it seems like now you're a little bit more comfortable with the diagnostic and kind of like you have determined your your colors, right? One through eight. And we're going to start from, from the top. Again, each of these colors, right? Just taking one more step back really quickly. Each of these colors is a path. Each of these colors is a sacred ray. Um, sacred rays and sacred flames are part of the sacred color theory, if you will. And they do speak around the vibrations of these primordial colors, the colors that make up uh, the universe, um, the way source consciousness conceived of them, the way source consciousness made them. And um, each of them is a very unique and fascinating path. Each of them is a very unique and particular vibration. And souls go on their own journeys, and usually you would study from a particular ray, study from a particular color for a period of time until you are either bored with it or uh, until you amass enough experience on that ray that you feel like you want to move on and try other things at soul level. So think of them as journeys or like paths in life or like almost like countries to travel to. They do, um, they do vary and they're very unique. Like for instance, going to China would be a very unique experience, like a very particular experience compared to like traveling to Italy, compared to traveling to Morocco. All of these are very different cultures. And so this, the sacred rays are kind of the same thing. Okay. Going back to the diagnostic. If you are a red, if you've done this diagnostic and saw that you contain within the red color. What does this mean? The red is a little bit more on the masculine spectrum. I don't think that's going to come as a great surprise. But this is the color of the revolutionary. This is the color of the go-getter. So in general, the red sacred flame, sacred flame as well as the sacred ray, is considered to be the color um, and the path of passion, devotion, and inspired action. So that is your red. The red is not here to be idle. If you care within you that vibration, you are not here to be behind the scenes. You're not here to be in the background. You're not here to be a shrinking violet. You are here to stake, you know, uh, claim your space, put a stake in the ground and be like, hey, I've arrived. Very often, a red is going to come with like that inherent judgmental energy. Now, if you've been following me enough, you know that in general, I perceive that the vibrations of planet Earth are fairly judgmental, again, because this is a very intellect-based society, and as such, judgment, instead of discernment, judgment over wisdom is what runs this planet. So in general, 
a lot of people on planet Earth are going to be very prone to judging others as well as judging themselves. But reds take it to a whole other degree. Your red is could be could be the the executioner archetype. They could be the one looking at society and, and, and like pronouncing judgment. But they're pronouncing judgment not for the sake of being vindictive or for the sake of just being annoyed or just because they cannot hold it together. No, they're actually the litmus test of societies. So um, they are able to kind of like descend into any plane of existence and call the things and see the, the things and notice the things that don't make sense. And that's why from that perspective, I don't want to call them healers because that would be maybe not how you guys think of healers. But okay, how do I put this? You guys, you know, like scorpions, right? Like the scorpions, they have venom in, in their tails, right? A scorpion usually would not just, you know, randomly... <laughs> sting people in the same ways that bees actually don't randomly sting people either very often and again like obviously there is self-defense and like you know fine there's self-defense but both bees as well as scorpions are healers they're natural healers and nature healers and they are always able to read into i guess the energy field and the vibrational field of others and see the parts that are aching and ailing and then hit where, you know, the healing is needed, right? They would only sting you in a place in your body that requires healing, usually, unless, again, it's self-defense and, you know, that's a whole other story. So the same thing with the reds. If you are, you know, a red energy, then some things in society are not going to make sense to you by default. You're going to, like, it's, it's almost like you cannot bypass it. You cannot not, uh, you cannot unsee it and you cannot not judge it, right? And part of the reason is because the reds come here to diagnose inconsistencies, uh, places where things don't make sense, aches, ailments, that are societal uh, or familial, by the way, it doesn't really, you know, it, it doesn't just have to be society-wide issues. You know, a red can be born into a lineage to show exactly what's wrong with that lineage or to break the cycle and say, you know what, enough's enough. We've been living this karmic lesson way too long. Can we change this? The reds are all about passion, like I said, and inspired action. They're extremely, extremely active. So if you have a red energy inside of your body, you thrive on physical action. That may mean that you're into sports or you are a little bit ADHD and like you just need to get things off your chest or like get things out of your system. These are usually the people that don't want to sit still or physically cannot sit still because they need to be active. They need to like do something. Otherwise, they're either bored out of their mind or feel out of place and like they're not adding out, adding value, like they're not living according to their purpose. So for the reds, the worst thing that could happen is like idle time. Uh, and by the way, the reds may not even enjoy vacation that much because like, oh, and, and like maybe active vacation, but not the kind like by when you're on the beach and, you know, just like chilling. <laughs> that's not, that's not their thing because they need to remain active. The red, they have a lot of resilience. So like, let, let's talk about the blessings of the reds. They're, they have a lot of resilience. They have a lot of raw power. They're able to ignite things, right? It's a very fiery energy, right? So they're able to jumpstart things from scratch, initiate things. They're decent manifestors because they wield that fires, but they also could spur real change, right? They can make things happen. They can take 
a large group of people that is inert and spur them into action in like no time at all, right? So these are your revolutionaries. And I don't necessarily mean it in the French Revolution kind of way, but anybody who's an innovator, anybody who's a mover and shaker has like a little bit of that imprint in them. It, it's it's like, it's, it's, it's also the people that are like, I see what's broken and this is my business, right? These are like, your reds are not the people that are going to be like, oh, let these other people like figure it out or like let these other people deal with it. The reds actually um, are very responsible. They are good with taking responsibility. And sometimes actually uh, one of the issues that ha does happen with reds, and that's how we're getting into just like uh, the shadow and the challenges is the reds do burn out very often because they tend to carry so much and they like they just take on extra workloads. They take workloads away from other people and uh, you know just society in general. And so very often with the reds, they may experience neck pain, they may experience back pain, they you know pain in their waist, pain in their uh, joints, pain in their bones in um like uh, and and movements like um you know, moving their body, like there could be some discomfort, um, uh, pain in their kneecaps also. Why? Because they tend to <laughs> take responsibility that doesn't belong. And then it's really, really hard because once you carry the load that doesn't belong to you, you are, you don't have the resource, but you are taking the work, right? And that is always going to I take a toll on your physical body, on your resource. That's the unfortunate truth. Um, what else do we have with the reds? The reds can get angry very easily. So sometimes they have issues around controlling their temper. And they may or may not show it, but there is that little like, you know, feistiness inside. Sometimes, you know, depending on the red, some people work on that issue and, and perceive that this is a, a problem and other people don't. And of course, and depending on um, where, where you fall in this equation, um, you may be perceived as like a little bit of a loose cannon or completely stable. Like it really, really does depend, but there is that natural tendency to flare up. Um, the reds are impatient. That's another shadow side. Like they want quick results. They're fire, right? So they could, you know, they could also accumulate some energy and then, you know, um, you would see them, although despite the fact that they are inspired action, right? Like they, they do value action and they do value result. It doesn't mean that they are in action all the time because with the reds, it's actually very, very easy to burn out. The reds, when they do burn out, um, it's some, it's very hard for them. And we're talking about extreme burnout. It's very hard for them to go get above the fold, right? Um, because once the fire is extinguished, it's really hard to get it going again. And so if you are a red, always watch out for your resource because you have to be the number one steward of your resource. You cannot just let the world uh, kind of like send you on a wild goose chase. You have to be the person that cares the most about your own resource. So for you, if you're a red, if you are a red, it is extremely important for you to book things that are self-care things into your calendar. I kid you not. Whatever that is, whatever your flavor of downtime is, whether that is a long bath, whether that is a dance class, whether that is a bike ride, whether that is whatever that is, you're going to have to 
be mindful about not skipping those things. Because another thing with reds that I find is you get so passionate about things. You get like, like once you're inspired, you're inspired. You're like, you cannot be like, these are the people that cannot be half pregnant. Not that anybody else can, but you know what, you, you would know what I, what I mean in a second. Like they cannot be half excited about things. Like if they're half excited about things by default, they're not excited about things, right? So here they're, you know, if they're like extremely like, okay, I'm in. If they're in, they're really truly in. Because of that, they use up a lot of resource, right? Because to keep that fire, that energy, that inspiration going, you're going to you're gonna use up uh, a lot of energy. So it's extremely important for the Reds to be able to and to make a point of replenishing their energy. And also, if you are a Red, please know that despite the fact that you are inspired and it feels like you have an unlimited resource, you're really not meant to be active all the time. It's extremely important for you to separate the things that matter from the things that don't, because that's another, the, uh, one of the dangers with the red is in your drive, in, in your kind of like hyper state, um, sometimes you start on things just because you want something to do and because you have so much energy and not because they really truly matter. And um, that's why reds probably have the highest propensity for just doing busy work. So always make sure to check in with yourself and be like, am I intentional with what I'm doing? Or am I just trying to fill, fill up my to-do list? Am I just trying to fill up my day so as not to feel lonely or whatever else I may be feeling when I don't when I'm not busy all the time, right? So just understand that running at 100 miles a minute doesn't always mean that you're running in the right direction. So for the Reds, it's extremely important to always zoom out and look at the bigger picture. Zoom out and look at the bigger picture because the Reds tend to be in the trenches kind of people. This is your brute force. These are the people that, yes, they're not going to give up. Yes, they're like, if the world knocks them down, they're going to get up. The problem is sometimes they miss the forest from the trees. And because of that, right, because they just have the tendency of like, fine, if I'm in the trenches, I'm always going to get up, just always get up, never going to be knocked down. This is a great and tremendous ability. Like most people would be lucky to have that. However, right, again, just running very fast does not guarantee success in and of itself. Zoom out see the bigger picture, make sure you're running into the direction of where you're, you're going to want to end up. So it's always important for you above all people to always know what your North Star is, to always understand where you're trying to go so that you can move in the right direction. So these are the reds. Next one, next one up is the orange. The orange is another sacred ray. If you are an orange, the orange is the mother ray, one of the rays of the divine mother. Um, the red was the father ray. This is the mother energy. Very beautiful, very different. So orange is all about savoring. Orange is all about experiencing Orange is all about being in your emotional body and emotional state. So what are the things that orange gets excited about? This is the joie de vivre. This is like the joy of life in the sense that they really want to savor the moment and enjoy, right? It's a little bit of a hedonistic concept, but this is also very often when you see people like, 
Um, you know, the, the folks that want to live in the now, this is very much the orange, uh, the orange ray people. This is the artist archetype, very much so. The artist lives here. But you also have this archetype of like the lucky one, I guess is how I would describe it. Do you know the person that just like always gets stuff for free somehow? Or just got born into a trust fund? Or I don't know. A lot of people have to work really hard and these people just get lucky. Like there is that archetype and very often it is the orange ray archetype. So if you have that orange or even if you, I mean, maybe we're not talking large degrees and like very large trust funds, but you would still be like the favorite of the universe somehow. And like most likely if you're the orange, you have noticed that in the past. You've also noticed very, very often the orange ray because it is the artist ray. It does appreciate beauty and harmony in a way from the perspective of proportion. So these are the people that are really inspired by things that are proportionate, things that are beautiful, things that are very well thought through. Like these are the people that are going to pay attention to the detail. The perfectionist, by the way, lives very much in the, um, in the, in the orange, um, in the orange ray. These are the people that move slower, the orange ray moves really, really slow. In the same way that the reds have a hard time, they're impatient, so they have a hard time moving slow or slowing down. The orange is gonna experience the reverse. The orange hates rushing. They're like, don't rush me. I'm gonna move at my pace. The orange also doesn't like to be put, um, doesn't like to be constrained in any way, shape, or form. They don't like direction. They just wanna be, you know, they want to float. They want to be free floating. They don't want to, I mean, ideally, if the orange didn't have to deal with schedules, deadlines, goal setting, New Year's resolutions or any of that, they would be like a happy camper. They're like the happy-go-lucky, go with the flow, you know, just chill kind of type of situation, right? Now, they do appreciate the finer things in life though, very often, not always. Um, and they do, you know, a pleasure is extremely important to them. You know, it doesn't mean that every single type, you know, you, you may have some that you appreciate more than others, right? So pleasure is extremely important. They don't really love hard work all that much. And they have this magnetic energy because of that, right? They magnetize things to them instead of like going after things. And so if the energy of the reds is very outgoing, meaning you're an arrow that's about to hit the target and you're always aiming and then you're always pursuing, you're always chasing, Orange never chases. Orange may get chased by things, including riches and abundance, right? But the, the funny part is the orange doesn't have the motivation to like hustle usually or like, okay, like work 16 hour days to get ahead in life and just like buy like a fancy anything. They just, you know, they appreciate the nice things, but like in the ideal world, they would just have like a bunch of rich friends who would be all working crazy hours. And this person is just going to like be, you know, cruising around everybody's like villas <laughs> and, you know, getting rides and in, in, in like fancy cars, but they would not necessarily want to like be the one that is doing the work. And again, I have to overgeneralize so much, you know, in explaining archetypes, you have to factor in that there are 7 billion people in, in the world and we only have eight colors. So how much you, you can guess from here, how much 
I'm overgeneralizing. The answer is a ton, a ton. So Orange doesn't really like constraints. And Orange is extremely in touch with creativity and the finer things in life. So they appreciate things like poetry. They appreciate things that are beautiful, both people and things, by the way. And they could just observe things for hours and kind of like be in the moment and not feel like they're, you know, life is going by if they're just observing a painting or they're observing like a, a landscape or something. So these are these are the oranges. And they also have their sensitive souls. Very often if you're the orange, you could be a romantic at heart. Um, but you could also be a little bit sensitive. Um, the orange um, doesn't really... They're the opposite of like rough and feisty. They're, they're nice. Uh, they're usually good communicators. Um, they flow. They're flowy in general. They like comfort. Comfort is extremely important for them. Whether that is in their home or clothing, you know, what they wear. It's less about how they look. It's more about how they feel, right? Again, going back to that hedonist. And very often they may have very bohemian hobbies. Just in general, this is like a bohemian lifestyle, right? So your thespians, like your actors could also be here. Your, you know, your dancers, your painters, or anybody who has like a painter soul or an artist soul, like your, you know, a lot of your writers, you know, the struggling artist archetype is right here, by the way, which is where we're starting to get into the shadow. Like what are the struggles of the orange? Sometimes getting stuff done is a struggle for the orange. Keeping up with the nine to five is an extreme struggle for the orange. Keeping up with the system and this matrix in general of where people are supposed to live template-based things, like template-based lives. And like what really gets to the orange is like the do this by this age type of scenario, which is what essentially we are birthed into and we're conditioned to in societies. They hate that. The orange hates that getting having to go to school or get married by a certain age the orange doesn't like school unless it's you know certain subjects where they feel like okay their their creativity can shine but especially if they're forced into something like the orange is gonna they're not you know they're not your rebels in a sense that they're not gonna nasty rebel but they're gonna tune out and check out on good luck to you like trying to engage them they're just like they're like you know, and then they're going to daydream through whatever you're trying to push them through, right? So um, they resist structure. They resist authority too. In whatever shape or form, like they're their own authority. Like they really follow their own inner compass, not anybody else's. Unfortunately, that inner compass doesn't always really, it's not very clear for them because very often that that inner compass, because again, because it's not like they're, the orange is not looking for a destination, they are the destination, right? So they're, they don't feel like they need to achieve anything or become anything. They're like, I'm just comfortable as I am, right? And for them, the value would be just kind of like, leave me alone to my own devices and just like, let me enjoy life. They have a really, really hard time with, well, I need to go to school so I can get a degree so I can, you know, get a job and then like be able to pay my bills. They're like, oh, seriously? And that's my life? Like, no, thank you. You know, anytime you're going to try to put the orange through a ringer in terms of trying to convince them, hey, like you need to put in the work to get somewhere, they just like that. They're like, what do you mean put in the work? 
I live in the now. I don't care that I'm going to make some money in the future. If right now I cannot observe my, I don't know, sculpture of David by Michelangelo, then, then, then what's the point of life? You know, so they, get, they can be dramatic like that. And um, also because they're sensitive, they can be overly sensitive, right? That's another shadow of the orange. They can take things personally. For them, it's really hard sometimes to know that the world does not revolve around them. And so they can get touchy-feely if you forget to say happy birthday to them or, you know, if you cancel your plans and they were expecting, like they, you know, they don't appreciate that. They, they just, um, again, they're sensitive, right? And also they live in the moment. So, you know, they, they always want to, they need to be stimulated. So again, they do get bored easily as well, unless they are stimulated. Another thing that is a shadow here, they may have a hard time with the material aspects of life. Like, the need to make money, the need to be responsible. They dislike responsibility. You know, responsibility is not for them. Like what responsibility? They're like, I'm a child of God. Uh, please and thank you. You know, getting them to take responsibility for themselves and especially others, it's like pulling teeth because they're like, no, I'm just free floating today. Thank you. <laughs> so Orange, you know, the orange is really hard to whip into shape. They're kind of just extremely heart led from the standpoint of like, they just want to do that what feels good, right? Like whatever feels good in the moment, they want to do it. Anything that doesn't feel good in the moment, good luck to you, right? So that's the orange. And, you know, because of that, they could in society, you know, they may not always fit in. Um, they may be a little bit like a marginalized group somewhere or like a downshifter group or like that's why that's how they become starving artists is because they rebel, you know, around like they, they rebel against the system. They rebel against needing to make money and, and um, everything. <laughs> so that's the orange. But it's also such a beautiful ray because that divine femininity, they're not constrained or constricted. These are usually like the most liberal people. These are usually very tolerant people too, because they like to live their life on their terms, but they also let others live their life on their terms as well. You're, you're going to be a tight press to find an orange that's going to like teach you how to live your life. Moving on to the yellow. The yellow is the next ray. The yellow ray is the ray of joy, the ray of wisdom, but uh, probably the best way to describe it is you are a divine child. The yellow is a divine child archetype. So these are solar babies, sun babies. These are kind of your happy. They're usually very, you know, there's like, they're vibrant, they're dynamic, they're energetic, they're happy beings. And you know, they really are full of life. They are connected to, it's, it's like optimism. Like they're very optimistic. They're connected to usually the, the source consciousness, um, even, you know, it may not be conscious. They're connected to God. They're connected to the sun. They're just connected and they're plugged in. And again, they're very divine childy in the best way, right? It doesn't mean juvenile. It doesn't mean irresponsible, but they are... Yeah, but somehow they're always taken care of. Like the yellow is taken care of by the universe. That's why I like to call the yellows like the favorite child of the universe. Um, they are inquisitive. They are adventurous. They are extremely curious. Like this divine child, they're going to want to learn everything. So these are lifelong learners. And you would always find 
Um, they don't have to be nerdy, but they're always going to have like a hobby around like learning things. They could, whatever that is, and by the way, it could change. It could be, it could, it could be like, okay, like learning new sports, learning new hobbies, learning new languages, learning new modalities of healing, learning spirituality, like all of it, you know, they're going to like, usually they want to learn more, like as much as possible, right? Because they're just so naturally curious. You are not going to find this person bored because there's just so much. They are stimulated by life itself because they are so plugged into everything. They are extremely out there. They are gregarious, but also they're likable. Like these are likable, like um, likable people in a way that like the reds, for instance, can be also extremely visible, but whereas they're like the poison that's going to heal you, right? The yellow is like the sun that's going to warm you up. Like, so they enter the room and then they're really noticed. Um, they have natural leadership abilities again, because they're so connected to the sun, they're solar babies. So natural leadership abilities. And this is like, you know, not the leader that is just the boss and like, you know, they, they get paid to be a leader. These are natural born leaders that people um, aggregate around or accumulate around, right? These are extremely resourceful people. Like you, you know, if, if you're trying to get a new project off the ground or something along those lines, yellows are extremely resourceful. They're going to find the money. They're going to find the people. They're going to find all of it to make it happen, right? So yellows are extremely resourceful that way. The yellow ray is also the ray of creation. So they're natural born creators across, you know, like across the spectrum, right? Not just in an artist way, because this is not really the artist archetype, but they could create movements. They could create, I don't know, inventions. They could create companies. Like there are a lot of entrepreneurs are in the yellow. And again, they're, they have that electromagnetic force. They're both electricity and magnetism. So they can both attract things, but also go after things. They do like structure. Um, they do like goals to chase. They like uh, to fill big shoes, right? They they're extremely ambitious. That's the, that's what's true about solar babies. They're very ambitious. They like big things, but they also like um, stimulation in the sense that they don't want to do repetitive things and they don't like the grind, right? So they like big and grand ambition. And like, whereas the reds could appreciate um, the zooming out, the yellows could appreciate the zooming in because sometimes they're too macro. Sometimes they're too macro, not enough in the details and not enough in the weeds. They're like, oh, I want to change the world. And you're like, yes, but what are you going to do today? It's Monday. And they're like, oh, I just want to change the world. And so sometimes the yells like really need to ground themselves in this reality and be like, yes, you want to change the world, but how about you get a degree first? Or how about you do this or that? Like, they, they need to get you know good at planning. Planning doesn't always come easy to the yellow. As a byproduct of the inquisitiveness of the yellow ray, as they mature at that soul level, they start getting true wisdom. So the yellow is also the ray of wisdom. It's the ray of knowledge, but not the kind that you get from books, but it's that innate knowledge. It's like the little philosopher, like the little Buddha that just gets life. And that the yellow ray has a little bit of that, right? And that's why they are also the sage, the, the sage archetype is here. The Yoda from Star Wars is actually here as well in, 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 in his sage um, archetypical um, nature, right? They are a natural catalyst for learning within communities, right? So they are regarded as gurus and teachers very often. So that's another part of the yellow. Now, let's talk about the shadow aspect of yellow. You have your arrogance here. 
Um, you have your stubbornness here, the my way or the highway, and there could be a little bit of the pride and superiority complex with the yellow, or just um, in in general, like self self esteem, maybe a little bit not like meaning they have a really really hard time judging and estimating their own abilities correctly. They either go over or under, right? So there is there is that um, issue with um, overconfidence or underconfidence. That's very much the yellow. The yellow. Um, has blind spots around, um, how should I put it? Because they're very well-meaning and because they're ruled by the sun, these are solar babies, sometimes they mistake their own will uh, or opinion for the will and opinion of the universe, right? So that could be a shadow thing. Uh, sometimes it's very hard for the yellow to factor in other people because it's a little bit of that sovereign energy of like me, myself, and I. They're a little bit on the egotistical side uh, when they are uh, in their shadow aspects, right? So it's very hard for them to be like, well, how will my action impact all the others around me? Like they're not necessarily the most considerate in that regard, right? Um, they're really here to kind of like be on their own discovery journey. They're kind of like, I don't know if you guys know the, the fool archetype of the tarot, the major arcana, the fool. I'm not saying that, and, and like, so, so where I'm going with this is like, the fool is all about adventure. It's like starting from scratch and then discovering things, right? But the fool is on their journey, their own journey in tarot, right? It is a master in the making, but it is their journey, right? Um, and it's not anybody else's journey. So they call the shots and, 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 and so are the people with the yellow ray. Like they have to feel completely in control and they need to always like freedom is an extreme value for them. Like you cannot clip their wings. You cannot tell them don't do this because they are used to making their own choices. And they, if they feel constrained, they're going to feel so miserable, like, they're going to be goners if they feel like they can make their own choices. So the shadow side of the yellow is too much independence. They're like the me, myself, and I, and let me do things on my own, right? Like when, when there is like, they don't accept help and they don't factor in others, right? So they can be hard in relationships. Um, these people sometimes are not the easiest in relationships. Um, and because they're natural born leaders, right? Sometimes within families, there's a lot of them right? Uh, and it's a little bit like my way of the highway. So just something for the yellows to be mindful of. There is a lot of them. And as such, right, they could be really tough parents because they almost like as the sun, right? Like the sun creates a lot of shade around them, <laughs> around it. Sorry. Why? Because the sun has so much energy and so much potency and so much point of view that everything around this has to revolve around the sun, right? And that is sometimes like, it's really, really hard to be the kid, the child, of the yellow parent because the yellow parent is just a so bright and so lofty and just like so good and usually very talented and very charismatic and all of these things right and then the kid feels like that's the bar that they need to hit and it's just that's another shy shadow side of the yellow is like watch your parenting styles right don't suffocate your child into like becoming like the mini me or the mini you version right because Everybody needs room for expansion. Very often, the yellows actually come with that challenge. They would specifically take parentage as a challenge. It's one of the karmic knots for the, a lot of yellows is because you have to be able to put yourself out of the picture, no matter how amazing you think that you are, because 
you may be suffocating others. And so, and again, like this is a double-edged sword, right? If you are a leader in certain places in your life, this is going to be terrific. But you cannot always take the, the spotlight in every single aspect of your life and not hurt others in the process. So just something for the yellows to be aware of. Alrighty, going to the green, this is going to be the last one that we talk about this episode. The greens, the green is the ray of healing and the ray of abundance. It is also the ray of the heart to a greater degree, but heart from a perspective of compassion, heart from a perspective of empathy. Um, this is not necessarily love, but this is tender loving care. Love is more in the pink ray. Green, again, is healing. Um, it is ecosystem thinking as well. That is the green. What do I mean by that? The greens are nature people. They are ecosystem people. They are the ones that understand that we are part of one large human family, as well as part of one earthly family, right? So just because somebody is, or something is not a human doesn't mean that their life, their existence does not matter. So very often you would have activists on this ray, like specifically around animal rights, planet, you know, not planet rights, but like climate change, like things like that, like where uh, humanity is abusing the planet or not, again, factoring in the entirety of the ecosystem. That could be on the green ray. Uh, healers, natural born healers, because again, it starts in the heart space with empathy. Um, the green ray, the folks on the green ray are some of the most empathic people you're ever going to meet because they feel deeper. It, it's like there's so much layers to what they're able to feel, but they're not sensitive in the same way that the orange folks are. They are surgical about their feelings, meaning there's just so much depth of that emotion and they're able to fully become absorbed in, in another being, in another human. They're exceptional listeners. They are exceptional therapists. They're wonderful coaches. They are literally able to put themselves in the shoes of another and feel every ounce of pain and joy and suffering and everything in between of that person. So they are extremely amazing diplomats, people who are able to find consensus. They're really good leaders, although of course they're not necessarily as driven by like large ambitious goals like the yellows, but they are driven by creating healthy communities, healthy neighborhoods, homogenous and harmonious companies and movements, right? So they're going to be that glue that holds other people together. And they're usually very warm individuals, right? So they're going to have this aura around them that's very comforting, that's very cuddly, that's very uh, just nice and cushiony almost, right? So they, they give you the warm fuzzies inside if they are operating in their light, they're extremely considerate. They are nice people. Kind. Kindness is a big one here, right? And again, they have a lot of special abilities around healing. You know, these are your best nurses. These are your best doctors. These are your best medicine women. These are your best doulas. Like, and these are your best acupuncturists. Like, they are able to tap into the resource of their amazing heart and project that energy forth so that other people could partake of their healing water. So that makes sense. Green is another uh, ray of the mother. So with green, you also have a lot of abundance, right? There's no lack of anything. 
inside of the green ray. They are usually very often, they do operate in abundance and it is um, actually um, a good reciprocity of give and take because greens are extreme givers. So this is a very giving energy, but at the same time, very often because they're giving a lot, the universe pays back and gives things back to them, right? So very often the greens are going to experience abundance, but not necessarily just in the material way. There would experience abundance of relationships, of friendships, of meaning, of experiences, right? So it's it's abundance above and beyond just the material world. They usually, the greens have extremely strong relationships. The greens are very compassionate, um, the greens usually would, you know, these are the people that cry when they watch movies <laughs> type of situation. Now, I will tell you that the shadow aspect, like things to beware of for the green is you have to watch your resource, but not for the same reasons of the red would, because the red could deplete their resources because they're going after, you know, too many things and all at the same time, or just doing busy work. Whereas with the greens, it's, you are too giving. And one thing you need to know about yourself is that you will unfortunately, that's your blueprint, you will help others at the detriment of your own resource, at the expense of yourself. And one thing I will tell you is you cannot do that. This is not a sustainable way of living. The shadow of the green side is putting yourself last, putting yourself last after every single being, whether that is in your family or in society and not standing up for yourself, being too considerate, being too understanding. Please know that you do have a little bit of a tendency to let the people kind of like walk all over you, or, you know, you just like, somehow the greens are very often stuck doing like charity work, but you know, in a way where you just like keep helping people for free. And like, if you're a service provider, like you, maybe you wouldn't charge them or wouldn't charge them as well, as much, or like you would stay like double the time with them if you're a practitioner and you're like, well, I know you only beat me for 30 minutes, but it's okay. I can see double or triple with you. Like that's very green energy. Right. And that's the one thing, this is like the healer, but like the broke healer, because they're like, not because they're not worthy. They kind of know that they're worthy, but they're also like, I'll just give it to you. Right. So, um, you know, I'll just give it to you. And, and they're just this, um, too generous. I don't know how to say it. Like it's this green, the shadow of the green is like very interesting because it is like a complete disregard for your own resource. Right. And that is where it's borderline. Like, well, wait a second, whatever happened with self-love and self-respect. And that's when you start getting pretty, pretty major distortions, right? Because what ends up happening with somebody who's not watching out for their resource, sickness and disease, right? So greens really watch out for physical symptoms. If you're starting to experience physical symptoms in your body, that means you're giving too much somewhere and not taking enough. So for the greens, it's extremely important to make sure that the give and take relationship in your life is balanced. If you are giving too much, you're going to have to get really good at taking. If, if you're a freelancer, that means raising your prices. If you've been helping a lot of people for free, consider some type, some means of energy exchange. And that does not make you a bad person, right? That does not make you a bad person. Also, don't feel like you have to carry the weight on of like the emotions and the pain of suffering and suffering of the entire world on your shoulders. This may not be your job. So one thing I will tell you, if you're a green is this, please know that in order for you 
to be a good person, in order for you to help people, you do not have to take in 100% of their pain. The reason they're dealing with that pain is because they need to or they chose to, right? That's their journey and their path. It is not theirs. Because I find that with the greens, there is a tendency to absorb other people's problems and make them yours. Don't borrow from other people's problems. That is going to cause you to be in a state of depletion. You're going to end up with a forever empty cup if you do that, right? Please know that you could still be there for somebody without taking their pain. Because with the greens, the challenge as well as a natural tendency is let me take that pain away from you. Let me share in it. Let me take the half. And then they're like the, the green, like literally energetically, you would take half of somebody's pain. And then you're going to try to sift that through your body. And then you're going to be stuck with that pain. And I'm not saying that yeah, sometimes as an exception, yes, it's the right thing to do. If a loved one or like some, like a friend is going through something and you want to ease their pain, you're naturally an absorbent. You're a magnet. You're absorbing people's pain. Like it's real. It's not like a fake. You're not making it up. Just make sure you don't do that all the time because that does not serve you, right? For you, boundaries and balance is extremely important. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Don't let people walk all over you. Establish some boundaries. Don't feel like you need to rush to somebody's rescue at a minute's notice. If they're texting you at 11 p.m., no, you don't need to grab the first cab and go like rescue them if they just got broken up with. That it may not be your job, right? So boundaries are extremely important if you want to maintain your sanity and your resource. Please remember the greens. Your resource, your heart space is an extremely rare commodity. You are worth your weight in gold, if not more. You are just that critical for planet Earth right now. You're probably one of the most important energies, if I'm being honest. But how you squander yourself away is second to none. I mean, that is, wow, you excel at squandering your wonderful resource away by having zero boundaries. And, right, it is important, where I'm going with this is like, you need to direct your energy where it's going to have the most impact. So for you, it's actually extremely important to answer the question of why you came. Yes, you're a healer. Yes, you're a giver. But who did you come to assist specifically? Because for the greens, it's never the entire humanity. It's usually like a group within humanity. So ask yourself a question of who did you come here to serve? Who did you come here to heal? Who did you come here to help? And arguably prioritize them and cut out everybody else because you can't help everybody. You have to watch for your own resource. Alrighty, my darlings, that's it for part one of this. I feel like this was kind of longer than expected. And um, in the next one, I'll see you in the next one. And we're going to talk about four more colors. That's it. Sending you a big virtual hug. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.